Welcome to the H1B Guy podcast, and thank you for downloading or streaming the H1B Guy podcast. This is an audio-only version of the H1B Guy reviewing advice for transferring an existing H1B to a startup being founded by the H1B visa holder, originally posted on YouTube. The H1B Guy podcast is proudly sponsored by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001, and by Path to Canada, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. The H1B Guy here, and today, H1B startup advice, concurrent H1B, prevailing wages, employment agreements, and NDAs. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues and the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. Today's post is brought to you by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001, and by Path to Canada. Path to Canada is the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Path to Canada is your answer. Dear Sophie, can I transfer my H-1B to a startup I founded? That was the question posed to Sophie Alcorn, founder of Alcorn Immigration Law in Silicon Valley and the 2019 Global Law Experts Awards Law Firm of the Year in California for Entrepreneur Immigration Services for her column on TechCrunch. I also get asked this question a good bit too, and my standard answer is that H-1B visa holders can only hold up to 49% equity in a company, and you better have a partner, and that partner better be someone that you know and trust. This even applies to royalties for those of you who may be considering writing a book. So I wanted to cover her answers from this question, and I'm going to break it out piece by piece and and talk about what I think uh, that you need to know and some of my key takeaways. So, dear Sophie, quote, you need to be very careful while navigating this process because there are many different legal requirements that you need to pay careful attention to so you can comply with U.S. immigration laws. But yes, it is possible for you to own a portion of a business on H-1B, and it is possible for a founder to obtain an H-1B transfer to work at the startup. Concurrent H-1Bs enable your second employer, in this case your startup, to avoid having to go through the H-1B lottery process because you have already gone through that process with your current employer. I say this a lot, but You need an immigration attorney that you also know and trust, especially if you're serious about starting your own company while on H-1B visa. They are paid to provide legal immigration advice for a reason. Navigating the law as it relates to an H-1B visa holder 
holding and owning a company is a very slippery slope. And you need a really good immigration attorney to help advise you on maintaining your H-1B status. In all honesty, I would have never thought of a concurrent H-1B as a viable option for H-1B entrepreneurs. What is a concurrent H-1B? Well, a concurrent H-1B allows you to work at more than one company at the same time. While not very common, definitely a possibility in a startup scenario for an H-1B visa holder. Back to Dear Sophie, quote, Before you embark on creating your startup, you should review and discuss your employment contract and NDA with an employment lawyer. Big companies often require employees to obtain their consent prior to forming a startup. The H-1B has specific requirements that you and your startup must meet to qualify. One of the key requirements for the H-1B that you need to keep in mind is that your startup uh, and you must have an employer-employee relationship. That means someone at your startup, such as a co-founder, must have the ability to hire you, supervise you, hold you accountable for poor job performance, and fire you according to the terms and conditions of the H-1B. Now here's some more advice that needs to be re-emphasized. You're going to need an employment attorney too. Employment agreements are very complicated documents that generally favor the employer and vary greatly from state to state. Your NDA also needs to be reviewed and you need to understand what your rights are as it relates to disclosures. The point made about the mandatory employer-employee relationship needing to be clearly defined cannot be overlooked. This is where having a partner you trust is critical. They will have the authority to control your work, performance evaluation, and terminate your employment at will. Back to Dear Sophie. Quote, your startup must be able to pay you the prevailing wage for the position and for the location where your startup or the position is based. Equity in a company and stock options are not considered wages in the H-1B context. Therefore, your startup will need to show that it can afford to pay you the prevailing wage as well as support business operations. If you're pre-revenue, this can be shown by a business plan plus your bank statement showing your runway from an initial investment. The amounts required depend on the details of your company's situation. There are no restrictions on the number of hours an individual on an H-1B must work. An H-1B position can be full-time or part-time or involve working just a few hours a week. Concurrent H-1B employment can last as long as the original H-1B with your large tech employer. So first and foremost, the startup must pay you the prevailing wage determination as listed on your LCA. I'm willing to bet that's going to be a very high salary as you're looking at what level four or higher at the very least being pre-revenue does allow for some leniency but that's going to be a very short-term period as the company evolves over time what i do find interesting is that h1b employees don't have to be considered full-time or part-time they can work as much or as little as they want as long as they are paid the prevailing wage determination so how is that possible? Well, concurrent H-1B employment. What's the catch? Well, 
Concurrent H-1B employment is valid as long as the original H-1B visa is valid with the primary employer. Back to Dear Sophie. Quote, if you want to apply for a green card on your own, consider EB-1A, green card for individuals with extraordinary ability, or EB-2 NIW, national interest waiver, for individuals with exceptional ability. Check with your current employer to find out if the company is willing to sponsor you for a green card. Depending on the timing, you might be able to bypass the second H-1B completely, avoiding the employer-employee relationship restrictions with your startup venture. The work permit that comes in the I-485 Adjustment of Status process is unrestricted as to the type of employment in which you can engage. Of course, in order to extend your H-1B validity, it will require employment-based sponsorship for Green Card. What's the best option? Well, Sophie suggests EB-1A or EB-2NIW, but that may not be possible for most. Unfortunately, all signs point back to the continuation of the H-1B cycle, even for an entrepreneur. Stand in the green card backlog until your priority date becomes current. I think it goes without saying that thousands of high-skilled immigrants are trying to solve the unrestricted employment riddle. A merit-based points immigration system could be very well the answer for entrepreneurs and employees alike. One can only dream of a brighter future. But with that being said, there's some really good H-1B startup advice here, which is to make sure that you consult with an immigration attorney, unemployment attorney, and that you partner with a co-founder that you know and trust. You've got to be paid a minimum prevailing wage. You can work on a concurrent H-1B for as little or as much as you'd like, as long as you're paid that prevailing wage. For the full post on H-1B startup advice, concurrent H-1B, prevailing wages, employment agreements, and NDAs, please check out the h1bguy.com. And a reminder that today's post was brought to you by RecruiterNetworks.com, the smart solution for digital perm ads since 2001. This national job board network provides recruitment websites in 1,024 major U.S. metro areas. Each local job board is its own portal and is a low-cost resource for immigration recruitment ads for all industries and professions with a flat price of $225 per ad regardless of which city you choose. RecruiterNetworks.com has been the number one place for immigration attorneys, immigration ad agencies, and employers to meet the DOL requirements for the digital portion of the PERM advertisement rules. RecruiterNetworks.com. Tell them the H-1B guy sent you. And this post is also brought to you by Path to Canada. Path to Canada provides an ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B. Path to Canada is your answer and will help you navigate the process. If you're interested in finding out more, please be sure to click the link in the video description below. Just wanted to ask you again to please like this video, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, and click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel. If you've made it this far, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to watch my video. I really appreciate your support. The H-1B Guy, your global source for all things H-1B.